Welcome to another podcast from Best Self Magazine, the leading voice for self-empowerment, holistic health, and authentic living. I'm Gretchen Primack, and this is Writing from the Inside Out, Incarceration Through the Lens of Humanity. I remember the first time I shut the classroom door behind me in a maximum security men's prison. I don't remember it because it was frightening. It wasn't. I remember it because I felt at home. I was in the right place. Between the chalkboard and the barred windows, I found 15 college students waiting for me. They opened their notebooks and we began our discussion. About five minutes later, there was voice on the intercom. Somehow, two and a half hours had passed and it was time for me to leave. I didn't want to. Those students wrote me papers about Eric Fromm's ideas on disobedience, Elizabeth Cady Stanton's deft use of Thomas Jefferson's work, and MLK's rhetorical choices. One of my students started his college career writing about Plato's cave in my class. He finished his coursework with a 100-page senior project about feminism and Shakespeare a few years later. That first class met almost 15 years ago. I'm still teaching in prison. Most people who do that will tell you what I'm about to, Once you have engaged with these students, you don't want to teach in a traditional college classroom. In prison, college propels powerful life changes that are hard to quantify. When you have worked with students as mature and driven as these, students with this much torque on their educational goals and this much commitment to the process, you don't want to go back to students who enrolled in college because that's just what you do. And I count myself in that category. We outside the barbed wire can forget that those within it are individuals with names, pasts, quirks, talents, families, emotions, bodies, transformations, and futures, just like every other sentient being on this planet. The notion that everyone behind bars is a monster, that they are all the same, that justice is being served by each unique person's placement there, the notion that they would never be productive or positive members of society, that they don't wish to grow and change, that they don't follow what's going on in the world outside. These are dangerous myths. We like to believe that anyone we subjugate, human or non-human, is part of a nameless, faceless group that deserves what it gets. Well, that lets us not care about injustice. It lets us be lazy. It makes it easier for us to continue ineffective, inefficient, oppressive systems. I'm a poet, so to put it poetically, what a bunch of crap. For many years, people would ask me if I was writing poems about prison. I wasn't. I wasn't there for writing fodder. But during a hiatus between one teaching gig and another, inspired by my many incarcerated and formerly incarcerated friends and in homage to them, words began to flow. Of course, I draw on the experiences and philosophies of people I have known, but I could never speak for them. They are men who can speak for themselves. So I created a fictional world, an imaginary prison populated by the voices of imaginary men. From that world, the book Visiting Days was born 
in April 2019. Visiting Days was published by Willow Books, a wonderful small press started by the Detroit-based Renaissance woman, Heather Buchanan. Its poetry editor, Randall Horton, solicited the manuscript because he felt it was timely in the way it cast incarceration in poetry. Randall is a brilliant poet, and he's also formerly incarcerated and understands as much as anyone does the damage that de-individualizing men and women does to them, their families, and society. Truthfully, I didn't think I'd be a candidate for Willow because it has historically only published writers of color. I'm proud to be part of their roster. I've had a wonderful time launching visiting days outside prison walls, but the most satisfying feedback has come from inside. I've sent the book to several men I know who are still incarcerated, and they in turn have shared it with others. The comments have been profoundly moving. One man I don't know who borrowed the book wrote, it is enriching to know that there are still people who take the time to listen to us. We are often forgotten in here with no outlet through which to express ourselves. I think that poetry is a great vehicle of expression, but there is often a traffic jam preventing any real communication. Seeing this book being published caused me to feel whole again, as if my voice could one day be worthy of being heard. Another man commented, I ran through many emotions as I read Visiting Days, because it seemed that I was reading my own thoughts and emotions put down on paper for me. There are just so many frustrations that I go through from not being able to express how I feel being in here for so long. Then here comes this book expressing those things. No responses have been more satisfying than these and ones like them, responses that connect these poems from an outsider directly to the voices inside. We feel each other's individuality, which is, of course, how it should be. In the words of another Sing Sing reader, it's about time that people stop forgetting about us and throwing away the keys. We are not all monsters. Some of us are good people who just need a second chance. We hurt and we feel happy. We fail and excel. We are vessels of potential and that's forgotten. Hopefully now it's not. I wish this didn't need to be said, but it does. No one is more individual than anyone else, wherever they reside, whatever their pasts or context or stories or families. What a world we'd have if we created societies with that in mind. Here are three poems from Visiting Days. The first one is called Ernest. It's in the voice of a man who's in the vocational building. I'll introduce it this way. Prison labor is quite the ball of wax. Several poems in the collection deal with this subject, including one that sees the desk welded by an incarcerated man placed in the Freedom Tower in Lower Manhattan. This is our ironic 21st century reality. But this one is in the voice of someone working in a prison mattress shop. And the New York State Department of Corrections website talks about the mattress shop by saying that the materials produced there are standard items used in state and local facilities and universities throughout the state. Earnest. Education is part of this. For instance, I had to get my GED 
to work here. And for instance, my work will lie under a student at Buffalo State. On my clothed buttons lie students about to get laid. Students dreaming of books and getting laid. Dreaming of stories and science. Never of their mattress. Never of its tufting machine operator or tape edge operator. Never of its felon. Its spring mattress assembler. Its 20 to life adhesive operator. Cutting machine operator. Conditional release 2023 mattress sewing machine operator. It's GED 2012 stuffing machine operator. It's man. The poem Knowledge is inspired by someone I met who, like me, is an activist on behalf of non-human animals. This man, intelligent, developed an anti-violence philosophy while incarcerated as part of his rehabilitation, and in doing so, extended his circle of compassion to include all living things, as Albert Schweitzer urges. To intel, violence is violence, whether it is to a man or a hen. He maintained a vegan lifestyle within prison walls, an enormous challenge. He's since been released and continues his vegan activism. I wanted to honor him and his philosophy and share his message of compassion. So I created a man named Knowledge. Knowledge. I honor life by not taking it anymore. Not a fish's life, not a calf's, no one's brother or child. I did violence. I put it between my teeth and it formed my blood and I took blood. Now I eat what they ate in Eden before violence. Now I ask forgiveness for the life I've taken that wasn't mine to take. The man and the calves and fishes, the chicks and their mothers. The cops laugh. Their work is domination. They lord over, and some men on the block call themselves kings. But I am done with that in every soul of me, every body. The question of who is and who is not allowed to participate in society, to engage in citizenship, is on my mind a lot because it's so clear that many of my students and friends would be strong community members if given the opportunity. This poem is a tribute to them. And it begins with a quote from the sociologist Bruce Western who said, you cannot promote free will by extinguishing it. Hawk. A whistling hollow passes as you pass another citizen in the street. The whistling hollow a dead soul makes, or a me-shaped hole, not on its way to create in the world, not allowed to create in the world. And what will rush into that vacuum? What if I am worthy not danger. I am denied you, and you don't know who you are without me. What if my will would bend towards citizen? What if I would do out there like you do? 
or better. For listening to this podcast, learn more at bestselfmedia.com.